Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is Meditation and Mindfulness with Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. What I want to do with us this morning is, really, is, a, is a whisper, a little taste of a longer teaching and sermon I'm going to give tomorrow morning in Shabbat morning services, and that is the juxtaposition of Parshat Mitzorah dealing with how to heal a person and a house and clothing from the plague of, Le- of, of Tzara'at um, and the previous Parshat Tazriah from the most recent the juxtaposition between that and the most recent narrative in the story, which is the loss, the death of Nadav and Abihu, Aaron's sons in Parshat Shmini. And many have wondered why, if all of the laws seem to have been given at Revelation, at Sinai, and then in Parshat Mishpatim, what, why is this section of law right here, right after that story? And one of the interpretations that's meaningful to me, at least this week, is that the Torah is intentionally, and this is not the only place that it's happening, this Torah is intentionally um, following chaos with order, following things that are beyond our control with things that are within our control, following loss with healing, following um, catastrophe with our, the human ability to bring things back into order, right? Or following e-seder, the lack of seder, order with seder. So it's interesting to think of Parsha Tazriya Matsura as a Parsha of seder, because from the perspective of the person who had the disease, there was nothing particularly ordered about it, except that the Torah gives very clear instructions for how to bring that person back into society. And this is the Torah's way of saying there is going to be we are going to be exposed to diseases, spiritual and physical, and losses that we will not have been able to either anticipate or control. And one of the human responses to that must be that the next opportunity we can, we foist control. We push Seder onto an absence of Seder. So I'm going to explore that a little bit more tomorrow, but I want to uh, bring that into a meditative place as we think about what is what we are capable of in our emotional and psychic and spiritual systems in terms of imposing order where it's lacking. Right? Uh, you probably also didn't hear me say that the, there's so much light shining into the sanctuary right now that I can't sit in a position that doesn't make me ghosted out. So I, I apologize for the lighting. Um, if I had more time, I would do it, but I, I'd rather focus on the meditation than focus on what I look like during the meditation. So I invite you all to close your eyes. And even as your world has darkened because your eyelids are over your eyes, blocking the light from entering into your mind, try also to experience an illumination as if this very moment when you are blocked from light, you are bathed in light. And bathed in a lightness, an airiness, a levitation, a sense that your body instantly entered an atmospheric realm where gravity does not hold you as much as it normally does.
I invite you all, if you haven't already, to place your feet flat on the floor in front of you and your hands on your legs, palms down, which is an embrace of self, or palms up, which is an embrace of whatever comes next. I want you to tour through your body a bit. Noticing joints and spots that are just calling out for attention, either because you haven't thought about that part of your body in a while, or because that part of your body is in pain and just needs your attention. As if by just giving it a bit of attention, you can have an analgesic impact on that pain and just bring it back down to a normal level, which, by the way, I believe we can do with some pains. Or just move your consciousness to a part of your body that is not in pain at all, but alive and well and vital. And you nod to it, you thank it for being a part of who you are. We don't give enough appreciation to the parts of our bodies that work as well as they do consistently and reliably. In a meditative mode, there's a paradox in that we are never more dualistic than we are in a meditation because we are aware that our non-tangible mind is assessing and inhabiting and viewing our physical body. And so that separation is clear like a Strabismus, where two images in our eyes separate. And yet at the same time, there is a fusion. Or I invite you to lean into a fusion, a unity, a sense of oneness. You are indivisible. You are all together. Your body is your mind. Your mind is your body. All of it is you. There is chaos all around. And loss. And the opposite of order. Dozens of times today we'll each be confronted with things beyond our control to which we must submit on some level. 
What does that feel like? To be present and to confront the disorder. And as strong and as willful as you are, with your hands tied behind your back because you can't change this. You can't help this. You can't undo this. Now let your mind wander to the parts of the day or the weekend that are coming up over which you operate complete control. Where there is a clear pathway to doing what you want to do. Whether something happens and how it happens is determined by no one other than you. And what does that feel like? To stand before a moment, an opportunity, and say, this I can do. This I control. Unto this I can impose order. And just meditate on that contrast, on how relentlessly, incessantly, every one of us is toggling back and forth between that which is beyond our ability and that which we have complete ability to change to achieve, to fix. I look left and there is disaster. I look right and I'm in control. I look left and there's loss and there's pain and I can't do anything about it. I look right and I see what I am able to do what I'm meant to do, what I must do, 
I look left and there's disorder. I look right. And I am the master of order. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Come back to a world that is already very different than the one we left 15 minutes ago because of the infinite numbers of things that have happened during those minutes and because we're different, hopefully, and have a chance to make a difference. Share the screen and we'll say the closing meditation blessing. And we'll wish each other a shalom and a shabbat shalom. We say this blessing three times. May we and all beings have happiness in the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering in the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness in the cause of happiness. May we all be free of suffering in the cause of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness in the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. And may we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. I say to you all shalom and shabbat shalom and namaste. And hopefully I'll see you soon. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, 
go to tbala.org.